Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. We're going to talk a lot of stuff today on Locked On Bama. Jimmy's going to join me in just a second. Uh, obviously, Alabama and Kentucky played last night. It was not pretty for the Crimson Tide. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Brian Harson saga, which continues on the plains and is, frankly, just incredible. And Jimmy and I are going to at least talk about doing the superlatives for the recruiting class that Alabama just finished up. So we're going to do that all in just a second here on Locked On Bama. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm finally fine. Had a little bit of a road trip. Delayed uh, starting the show. Sorry about that. But uh, I got all my uh, my uh, my stuff straight now. You know what I love about you? Um, <laughs> we, you were like, okay, my Wi-Fi screwed up, so I need to get in the car and drive somewhere. And really, there's video evidence of what I'm about to tell you. You drove to the top of a mountain, which is great, and it's gotten you great signal. But you drove to probably the only spot where the sun is hitting you in the eyes and you're screaming <laughs> as you're listening. That's a good point. It's like you're punishing That's yourself. That's a good point. I'll are, you the, are you the albino from uh, Da Vinci Code? <laughs> I am the complete opposite of that person, actually. Of, of, of A best way to describe me is to uh, describe the character the albino character in Da Vinci Code and go, yeah, you know, Jimmy Stein, he's the complete opposite of that guy. Except for the albino part. I mean, except for the you albino are, part. I mean, like, from your hair to your toes, you're one of the whitest people that's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so true. That's right. so true in about 50 different ways, uh, including, uh, including, uh, yeah, I'm pretty lame. Like, like Homer Simpson said one time, white people, we're so lame. <laughs> Jimmy, speaking of lane. How's that? That's much better. I look, I'm only asking for you to move to help you. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. I, I really had a moral dilemma in my head. Like, should I tell him that the sun is hitting him directly in the eyes and ruining <laughs> his corneas and retinas and other things? Or should I help him out? Uh anyway, Jimmy, yesterday Alabama played Kentucky in the game of American basketball. It did not go very well. Um listen. I said this last night, and I should have said it on Twitter, but I didn't. Number one, I did have a pretty decent tweet, I thought. Maybe Alabama's building a smaller coliseum so that our players will be closer to the basket. You, you think that is it? <laughs> but I thought about this last night. I really believe this. Elvira, the basketball-loving mule, would back kick three out of 30 from beyond 22 feet. I, I believe that. <laughs> if you just threw a beach ball, to Elvira, the basketball-loving mule, she would back kick without looking the beach ball into the hoop three of 30 times from beyond 22 feet. It it was um, comical how poorly we shot. Comical. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. The defense was nice, and, and that's great. And I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, well, you know, we got to give them credit for the defense. And we do. They played pretty good defense. Kentucky is an incredible team. They just buried a pretty good Kansas squad uh, last week. But, you know, three of 30, we, we were the worst three-point shooting, three shooting team in this conference 
um, and one of the worst in the country before that, and we got worse. Yeah, I think what's super disturbing about the three-point shooting uh, in general, Luke, is that we're in year three of Nate Oates, and he literally recruited a roster to shoot threes. That's what the program is sort of built around is the three-point shot. That's the offense, and they can't shoot threes at all. They're, they're almost like this is year one, and he inherited a team that was not built to do that, and he's asking them to do that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bad. And then on top of it, Guys that were pretty good at hitting the three a year ago can't hit them now. I mean, Quinterly was a damn good three-point shooter last year. Now he's horrible. Uh, Keon was a much better three-point shooter last year. He can't shoot them. Shackelford is still our best. He's pretty good. Now he's up and down, and I don't think we're talking about his injury enough. I, I think that had a lot to do with his performance last night. And, of course, J.D. Davison comes in, and you would think a dynamic first-round guard would be a good shooter, but he's not. He's not. That shouldn't be a surprise. We sort of knew that coming in. Uh, we thought Gurley could shoot threes. Wrong. That's wrong, too. Um, and then, of course, Darius Miles, pretty decent three-point shooter. He wasn't available last night. But my, my overall thing, and we'll get to it soon, but I know it was really frustrating to watch that team last night. Trust me, I was there in the, in the, in the Coliseum. It, it was very frustrating to watch that happen. But that loss, as ugly as it was to watch, that's far from the low point of the season. An 11-point loss to a team that may win the national championship, who's playing outstanding, who blew out Kansas just seven days ago, That the, the, an 11-point loss to, to Kentucky isn't embarrassing. Embarrassing was the loss to Missouri, the loss to Georgia uh, in particular, you, you change just the outcome of those games, and we're 6-4 and four in the SEC. We're just cruising along and going, well, we can't beat every number one seed, but we beat some of them. But instead, we lose to Missouri. We lose to Georgia. We play like that against Kentucky, and it literally feels like the sky is falling. Uh, it's not yet, but check back with me in three games. Because there's some big games coming up. Look, we do get a little bit of help this week, and maybe we can talk about this as the week goes on. Wednesday, we play Ole Miss. They just lost to Sean Ruffin, who is a very good player. Um, he had like 20 points in 19 minutes or 19 points in 20 minutes, something like that, against LSU. And then he got hurt, and he's done for the year. Um, and then we play Arkansas on Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning, unfortunately. But we play them on Saturday, and they play Auburn at home Tuesday. That may be all. Auburn's best shot at getting a loss in the regular season. And um, I think Arkansas is going to play them very tough. They've won a bunch of games, you know, in a row or something. And um, so I feel like we catch Arkansas coming off, which will either be a very big high in the victory or they'll be pretty dejected after the loss. So I think we catch Arkansas at a pretty good time. We should have Miles back is my understanding, which will also help. But, Jimmy, I will say, if you want to talk about a positive, I thought Charles Charles Mediaco, since the second half of the Auburn game, has really stepped up his game. Happy to see that. And, in fact, I don't think either one of them should go. But I would say right now the more likely of the two to have a successful NBA career and go in the first round this year would be Charles Mediaco over J.D. Davison. And I love J.D. Davison. Um, he's hit a he's hit a freshman slump. It's I'm not mad at him. It's okay. He has been catching hell on Twitter, especially from Auburn fans uh, and and folks saying I'm glad we didn't sign him. Blah blah blah. Look, he's 
he's having growing pains like most freshmen do. He he's he's not again he's not Chet Holmgren. I mean, but there are not a lot of Chet Holmgrens out there, or Paulo Banchero, whatever the guy's name is at Duke. He's not that dude either. Um, but he's he's still pretty good. I do feel like now he would be better served to come back for another year, just like I think Charles Bediaco would too. I think both of them could use an extra year to to get better and really improve their draft stocks. I, I feel the same way. Look, there, there's two ways to kind of look at a player about the NBA or, or anything else. It's it's production and potential. And, and the production for both, although Bediaco's is improving, the production for both does not indicate that either one of them are anywhere near ready to help an NBA team win ballgames. J.D. Davison and Charles Bediaco both aren't going to be helpful to any NBA team next season. But that doesn't mean that they won't be drafted on potential because people have been around basketball a long time, see the upside in both of those guys, and they would be drafted based on where they would be expected to be three or four years from now. Uh, I couldn't agree more that both would be very well served by returning and continuing to mature and, and learn to be better basketball players at this level. But I won't be surprised if either one or both are talked into turning pro by agents who then get them drafted late in the first round based on long-term potential. But what I really care about beyond, beyond those two having successful careers is we, we need to be a better basketball team. And, and this is what I'm going to work on trying to figure out this week, Luke. Are we a really good team that does things like beat Gonzaga and Houston and Baylor and Tennessee and, and at Florida? Are we a good are we a good team that is flawed? Or are we a flawed team that plays so hard? and coach so well that sometimes we inexplicably pull upsets. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of what needs to be. Wait, what are we? I mean, it, it's such a Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's so impossible to believe that the team we saw played last night beat Gonzaga and Houston. That seems impossible. Conversely, that team that beat Gonzaga, how the hell did they lose to Missouri and Georgia and only score 55 points in an SEC game at home? Uh, the, it's inexplicable highs and lows. And, and I, I think I, I, I just want to figure out, are we a, a good team that plays bad a lot? Or are we a bad team that sometimes plays over our heads? Yeah. Um, who the heck knows? It's really it's a, a tough, tough call. Um, it truly I know is. this. Uh, it's a bit of a rant, but I know this. And we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I do think we as fans, we fans overestimated how good this team could be. I think there was huge excitement when last season ended and we saw what was coming back, including Primo and including Namari Burnett. And we have failed to factor in their loss to the roster with our expectations. I, I think our expectations of we could win the conference again. We could win the tournament again. We could we could be a Final Four team. That probably should have gone out the window with the losses of Primo and Burnett, but we didn't reset expectations. I, I think the expectation should have been, wow, we're probably pretty good, and we're going to have some really good wins, but, but we're not as good as we were last year. And the problem is the league is better, 
and, and Kentucky's better and Auburn's better and Arkansas is even better. And, and uh, we, we probably to some extent should have seen it coming based on the makeup of the roster. Also throw in the fact that we thought Chico, Alex Chico might be something and he's not. Uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton plays I – mean, Ambrose Hilton and Chico play less minutes than uh, than that, that dude from – than the dude from Mountain Brook. Yeah. And, and <laughs> all right, Jimmy, we got to – I got to tell everybody about uh, betonline.net. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores to totals to player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline is where the game starts. Also, there's Built Bar. Go to BUILT.com to get these delicious, nutritious, scrump delicious, fabulous, I made that word up, Built Bars. They're awesome. Uh, love them. Covered in chocolate, good for a keto or a keto diet. You can't beat them. They're fantastic. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Keep 15% off that order at BUILT.com. I've seen these things everywhere now, but if you go to built.com, you will be able to save 15% by using the promo code LOCKED15. And I'm telling you, you're going to love them. They got every kind of flavor you want. And they got some flavors you didn't know existed that are fantastic. Go to built.com dot com get a built bar thank me later um <clears throat> jimmy okay let's first of all uh we'll make this a quick segment uh r.i.p centonio beard um ha- all of the details haven't come out i don't much really care about all the details whatever it is uh gone too soon i certainly remember centonio beard iron bowl 2001 uh he has a I think he had a couple of big touchdowns against Auburn that day. I know he had one long run. It was like the second play to start the second half, if if I remember right. Um, Man, uh, you know, just gone way too soon. He was a heck of a player. I remember he was a big recruiting coup uh, at the time, and nobody really used him correctly. He was kind of like Sean Alexander. I mean, for the longest time, nobody was really using him correctly, and then – Finally, everybody's like, this guy's pretty good. And Santonio Beard gets out there and just destroys Auburn in that Iron Bowl, along with Ahmad Galloway that day. Um, But, man, gone way too soon. You hate to see anybody uh, lose their life like that. I mean, man, he's younger than than we are, Jimmy, and uh, it's just very, very sad. It really is uh, a tragedy. And, gosh, we've had some good backs. You know, we had good backs when we weren't even good. You know, true. <laughs> we had good backs when we weren't good. We weren't we weren't really good uh, when when San Antonio was here. We weren't great when he was here. It was nothing like like it is now. But he was still a, a really good player, and it was uh, a privilege to watch him to play for Alabama. And my memory is the same, Luke. Uh, when I think of San Antonio Beard, I think of the 2001 game at Auburn. For those of you uh, too young to, to know. We we actually uh, there's not a lot of upsets in that series, but we upset Auburn that 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 Auburn it was at Auburn and they were favorites to win and they were a good team and we uh, weren't good and we weren't good. <clears throat> I think that that Alabama team finished I think seven and five mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, Tommy Tuberville was in the midst of a lot of success there at Auburn. And this was Dennis Franchoni year one of rebuilding the program from smoldering ruins. And uh, we somehow behind Andrew Zhao uh, stroll into Jordan Hare and uh, upset Auburn. And Santonio Beard was a huge part of that upset. So thank you, Santonio, for your great contribution to uh, Alabama football. You'll, you'll always be remembered uh, by, uh, by those of us that, uh, that love and support the program. That is a pretty fun game to watch because you're right. There are very few upsets, especially it's not like Alabama's had a lot of opportunities to get these upsets of late. So because we're always favored in Iron Bowl, it seems like. Um, so that game was something special because, I mean, nobody thought we had a shot in that game. Uh, there, that was the pass to McCann. Jones Jr. had a touchdown late in that game. Uh, Ahmad Galloway converted something like a third and 28 on a smoke draw. I mean, it, it was a crazy game. If you are the kind of guy that goes back and just looks at old Alabama games and you've never really dove into the 2001 Iron Bowl, that, that's a fun one for Alabama fans for sure. Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll run down a few other little audience. It's always awkward for me when I do the break thing on the video because I don't put the actual commercials in the video because I don't know how. Um, and nobody's jumped on me yet about it. So I'm assuming that I don't have to, I do it on the podcast. Um, by the way, this new setup is a lot more work for me. And I think Jimmy, you'd be very smart to not learn to do any of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you, like it is, it adds like 30 extra minutes to the day to do all this, but I like doing it. I like the video and I won't, by the way, anybody if you know an Alabama fan, please pass along to, to have them watch the video, share it, subscribe, like, all that stuff. We would certainly appreciate it, and we would dance at all of your weddings. But, Jimmy, yeah, that's a lot of dancing, and we're not good. Um, I know pointed, one out thing, how, pointed out how white I was earlier. <laughs> one thing I know we want to do later this week that we always do for Crimson Country Club, which is the uh, website we – started writing for way back when I want to say like 2005, but anyway, maybe Oh six. Um, we want to do our recruiting superlatives this week. That's oh, yeah. something you and I have to do. We will do that sometime this week, but um, yep. so we'll, I won't get into that much right now because I mean, I, we haven't started. Uh, the Alabama women just got a victory while we were doing this podcast over at Vanderbilt. They're not very good, but it is our third conference win. It was at Vanderbilt. Maybe that's a good omen for us. Uh, later on. And then there's the Brian Harson saga, which <laughs> just continues. And it's amazing. Um, I, I don't even know what the goal is anymore for anybody in here. The goal for Brian Harson should be, I just want my buyout. I just want to get out. You know, it's, yeah. you know, th- there's an old saying when you're in trouble, you don't want any of the cheese. You just want out of the trap. He wants out of the trap, and the, and he deserves all the cheese. If <laughs> if the things about his um, the salacious details of some of these rumors are not true, he deserves every single bit of the cheese. Because you can't fire somebody with cause for being a meanie. It's just not going to work. Not in SEC, at least. Um, that may be do something you can get away with the Pac-12, but you're not going to get away with it in SEC. Not in Alabama. Um, and 
I, I don't know what the goal is. If There's no way he can come back, right? I mean, I would suspect even to, as, as early as tonight, at, by the time we've already posted this, that he's been let go in, in some capacity yes. or another. And either he's going to get his buyout or he, there's going to be a legal fight like you wouldn't believe, right? It's, he can't stay. No, and it's a good, you know, I've talked about this for years, and it's such a great look for, for everybody that's watching right now that agrees, and, and I maybe by the time y'all are watching this, he is fired. That's what I suspect is going to happen. What what few good Auburn sources I have all indicate he's going to be fired literally any minute now. Um, and this is what I've talked about for years in a related subject, which is when there is an overwhelming amount of negativity about the coach, whether it's coming from the administration, like it is in this instance, or big powerful boosters, like it is in this instance, or just from the fandom out there, whether it's social media, message boards, talk radio, when there's an overwhelming amount of negativity, recruiting becomes impossible. It is now going to be impossible for Brian Harson to recruit at the level he needs to fix Auburn's problems. They need to recruit like gangbusters, and now it's impossible. So they have to make a change now because it's the only way to recruit. You can't become competitive with Alabama, LSU, and Georgia unless you start bringing in the five stars and the four stars and the highly hyped guys who are going to stay away from Auburn in droves as we speak. So that's what I'm talking about all the time. People don't believe me when I say that, but isn't it obvious looking now? You Alabama folks looking at all, how can Brian, let's say they keep him. How can Harson recruit? He can't. Everyone knows he could be out the door any second, any loss, any first down he gives up could result in his termination. So that's what I'm saying. To recruit well, and this is one of the reasons Alabama recruits so well, all the oars have to be moving in one direction. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be on board. It has to look like a stable fun place to play football. Auburn at this moment looks like a dumpster full of raccoons and the dumpster is on fire. That's what it looks like. And uh, no, no recruit, no hot, no kid that has a choice of playing at Georgia, Alabama or LSU is going to choose to go to Auburn right now. And this is why I tell people all the time about the negativity. We're starting to see with Nate Oates just a little bit, not enough to affect recruiting, but you can, I mean, it was it was an overreaction by a lot of fans on social media. There's now a Fire Nate Oates account following me on Twitter and tweeting at me. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous, but this is how it starts. This is how it starts. And once, once the fans decide in mass that Nate needs to be fired, you can forget. Alabama signing that badass young kid down in Dothan. You can forget it. And that's the problem about negativity with the coach. And Auburn's undergoing it right now. It's self-inflicted. It wasn't necessary. And 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 Auburn's paying for it. Literally. And, it, and the only thing worse than getting caught doing something like um, having an affair with a staffer or something like that is being accused of it. Everybody believing you did it, and you didn't do it. Like, you didn't even get the fun part. You didn't get nothing. And 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 it, you're, you're ruined. And so that's where, man, I, this is so 
crazy to watch unfold because I don't even understand where all the hate for him comes from. Again, you know, I don't think he's that great of a coach, and I don't think he's going to be that successful. I'm totally fine with Auburn keeping him, totally fine, Um, especially given these last recruiting efforts. um, I'm totally fine with Auburn keeping him. However, tell me why everybody – over there hates him so much. Okay, a five-game losing streak is a five-game losing streak. But, wow, um, I, I just don't know that he's deserved all that, right. that people have killed him over. Um, now, on the other hand, what must be done eventually must be done immediately. And, um, you know, people love – I've seen Harson defenders say things like, hey, what if we had given up on Bruce Pearl? Well, a couple of things. I would argue Auburn's basketball program was in much worse shape, number one. The the brand was certainly much worse. And it's much easier to fix basketball problems than it is football problems. It's just much easier. Now, and it's a little over the rock. easier. USC's about to fix some problems because they're going to get Caleb Williams and some other dudes that have transferred in, not to mention Shane Lee, um, who've transferred in. But it's – it's much – all you need in basketball, you can have one dude, maybe two, and, and you're set if they're good enough. Football, generally, that, that rule doesn't stick. Well, you can turn over your roster really fast <laughs> in basketball. You can have a brand-new roster in two seasons. I mean, brand-new. Like, wow, two years ago, none of these guys are here. All 13 guys have come in in the last two groups. That's very, very possible. In football, you can't overturn an 85-man roster in just in just two cycles, although we're getting there. With the yeah. transfer portal, like you said, what USC is doing is remarkable, even to the point Lincoln Riley had to address the media and say, hey, this thing we're doing with the portal, I, I'm not going to be a portal king or a portal wizard like Lane Kiffin. Uh, this is a one, this is a one-off thing here. I gotta, I'm trying to infuse our roster with immediate upper class talent, but we're gonna build this program through high school recruiting. Uh yeah, so uh I, in terms of why Auburn hates Harson. I don't think Auburn fans do. I think they were willing to give him the honeymoon year and and the honeymoon pass. It's the powers that be that never wanted him in the first place. And this is what it made me think of, Luke. We're a little young for this, and and you're a little younger than me, but you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know what this reminds me of a lot? Imagine if we had Twitter and social media like we do today, message boards, social media, Twitter, Facebook, talk radio. Imagine if Alabama had that in 1987, Bill Curry's first year, where he was an extremely unpopular hire with the powers that be and somewhat unpopular with the fans. Then he goes seven and five, loses to Auburn, lost to Memphis. Yeah, Alabama football losing to Memphis lost to Auburn, didn't then out-recruit Auburn in the recruiting cycle, continued to sort of fall behind Auburn recruiting-wise. I wonder if Bill Curry would have survived 1987 in today's age because I see some level of similarity there. Although, to be honest, uh, I would rank Bill Curry ahead of Harson. you know, in terms of impressiveness. You know, Bill Curry did win – at Georgia Tech to some degree, which allowed him to get the Alabama job, whereas Harson was only winning at Boise, and he wasn't even arguably winning with his own dudes. Um, 
I, I just wonder, that's what it reminds me of. 87 Bill Curry, who was never accepted by the powerful boosters at Alabama. This was a presidential hire, much like Carson was hired a year ago by the president and the AD over the boosters' wishes. But but I, I, to, to me, there's a lot of similarities. Bill Curry was able to survive it and then improve in 88 and even win the SEC in 89 before leaving uh, and losing to Auburn again. But, 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 but he did win the SEC before he left. Harson is not going to be given that opportunity to improve the program. He, he's going to be out. Um, I will say this. If Bill Curry was coach in these times, we wouldn't have thrown a brick through his window. We would have thrown a roadblock. <laughs> people, people without kids may not get that. But uh, anywho, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow with more Locked on Bama. By then, we have should have some resolution to a few of these crazy things going on all over the place. So until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.